Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Amen. The first step in being born again of the Spirit, uh, and also the, the basis for being established as a son of God, regardless of your gender or where you came from, uh, there, there, is, there, is, there is a mental attitude that we have to have as saints of God, if we want to continue on into perfection or into maturity. If we do not mature as Christians, we will be more susceptible to being led astray by what Apostle Paul calls doctrines of devils. Did y'all hear what I said? Doctrines of devils. Or you will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but I truly believe that there is a deceptive spirit that's already in the church. There is a deceptive spirit that's already in this world because somehow, some way, the church has been transformed by man just to be uh, an anointing addiction fix for saints where we got to go and get my little fix in. No, don't worry about me, Pastor. I ain't going to serve anywhere. But I, just, I want you to lay hands. I want to get my blessing. Uh, this is a bless me shop. I want to come there. Get, I want you to lay hands. I want that anointing on my life too. But that is not the establishment of the church. That's not what we're here for, saints of God. We're here so that you can come in and learn and grow so God can bless you enough so that you can be used. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. That's why the church, the church has to have people who are willing to serve. Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served. I came what? To serve. Now, if Jesus came to serve, what should you be doing? Amen. All of us should be serving because we're all in the household of faith. We all want to see the kingdom of God come to fruition, don't we? Right? We want the kingdom of God to come to fruition in our lives, don't we? So we should want good things for other people. So if we want good things for other people, then we shouldn't be jealous when other people get blessed. Amen? Because even though it might be your winter right now, somebody else might be in their summer, but seasons do change. Amen? It will be your summer. So I'm joyful when those, man, when people get blessed because I know mine is right around the corner. Matthew 24, 11 says this. Jesus said this. He said, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Many false prophets, man, they are all over there. Diamond doesn't. That's why I can't even watch Christian television, because they take the word Christian off. And what makes you think that you are operating as a Christian just because you got a reality show? There's no reality about a non-reality show. You know what a reality show is? It's nothing but drama. That's all it is, because the, these, these stations get ratings off of drama. The more drama it is, the more people watch it because people like drama. Don't y'all look at me like that. Y'all like drama too. People like drama. Amen. You like it when they fighting and fussing and cussing each other out. Come on now. <laughs> there is a deceptive spirit, and unfortunately it's being propagated in the church sometimes. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this at another date, but it, I call it the gospel of accommodation. And we're accommodating people rather than giving them the gospel so they can change. Right? I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I hope you didn't come to be accommodated today because I really do, I really do feel that people come to church to hear the truth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, listen, I was arrogant. I was, I was just selfish when I started coming to church, and I needed somebody to give me a word that was going to convict me. Right. Because I was never going to change without that conviction. If you're not getting convicted, you will never change. And if I'm preaching some candy coded message for you to where, oh, yeah, that, that's just, oh, that's a nice that's 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 motivational. You never hear that about my messages. If anything, you hear, man, I ain't going back to that joke. He's judgmental. That's what you hear. Right. So here's what happens. John 3.16 has been replaced by Matthew 7 and 1. John 3.16, we know what it is. For God what? So loved the world that he, that who? Shall not perish, but 
John 3, 16, right? That's been replaced with Matthew 7 and 1, yeah. judge not that you not be judged. So the first thing people say, they don't even know John 3.16 anymore in the world. You know what they know? Don't, don't be judging me. Uh-huh. They know that part. Oh, yeah, they do. Why, 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 oh, 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 why do you think I'm judging you? Because I'm pointing out some stuff you're doing wrong. I, yeah. No, they don't want accountability. Come on. They, they, they want to be affirmed. Right? And so they say, why are you judging me? But listen, let me ask you something. People who are in the world, do they know the difference between conviction and judgment? And if they did, how would they know? When all they hear is, I don't go to church because they were judging me. Amen? Amen. No, we're not judging. I love, I love all of you. I want people here. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. Amen. Thank you. Right? The Bible said, John, John 8, 32 said, the truth is the only thing that sets you free. Yeah. Amen? Now, 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 I know we say amen. But the truth cuts Amen? The truth will upset your apple cart. When the truth comes in, you know why it hurts to hear the truth? Because when the truth comes into your heart, it reveals how much of a liar you've been. That's why people don't want to hear the truth. It's hard. I can, that's just not palpable for me. I don't know. I don't know. No, you need the truth because you've been lying to yourself all these years. you got to have the truth of God. It's absolute truth. It don't change. It's not, it's, it's, it's absolute truth. It doesn't change just because you feel like it should change. It doesn't change because the culture, the culture changes. Right. It's still truth. You, can't, you, you cannot redefine truth. Right. Matter of fact, you, all you can do is discover it. When I started coming to church and hear the truth, man, I discovered, man, how much of a liar I had been to myself. Thought I was all that. I wasn't nothing. Amen. All right, let me get to man. Let me get to Hebrews chapter five. Y'all looking at me strange. Hebrews chapter five points out something that's fundamental: uh, the principles of God. And the first one is repentance from dead works. Saints of God, I don't care how many times you come to the altar to receive Christ. If you don't repent, you did not get saved. Amen. Repentance is first. That is the first fundamental doctrine: is repentance. When we dedicate children to the Lord. Those children aren't saved. They're dedicated to the Lord because salvation comes when you make a decision. Amen. Right? We got to know that. A lot of church folks don't even realize that. Right? Repentance. Somebody say repentance. <laughs> repentance. Repentance is not doing, doing a, a 180. I mean a 360. You're you just going around in a circle. That means you just wind up where you started. But it is a 180. Yeah. But also going in a different direction. Right? That means that you are, you are sorry for what has happened in your life. You're sorry for how you have been living. You're sorry for making bad choices, and you have decided that I'm going to do better. Right? Now, you might fail at times. You hit potholes in the road. All of us have to hit them, but don't let the pothole stop you. Amen. Right? Don't let the pothole make you turn around and go back where you started. See, this is what happens. This is what happened in Paul's day. They were moving along well. They were already mature, but something happened in their lives. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they prayed and they get, didn't get the answer that they wanted. I, I, don't, I don't know if somehow they got offended by somebody in the church. I don't know what happened to these people, but the Bible says they went right on back to being babies again. And I don't know what that is in your life. I don't know what's keeping you from being mature in the house of God. I don't know what happened to you from the previous pastor, and that really is not a concern for me. All I know is that your pastor don't matter anymore. You got a new one in this house. Right? And sometimes you come in here, and I have to take you through detox because you're coming in smelling like the other shepherd. And you got to get the scent. You got to get the ethos, the culture of this house. This house is a culture of love. This house, yeah, I love you, but I'm going to tell you the truth about life. Amen. You got to know that about C3 Church. That's who we are. We love you hard and we love you for real. But we love you enough to tell you the truth of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And that means that all of us got to change from the pulpit to the pews. All of us got to work out this salvation. Amen. We got all these young people in this house that we have to be an example for. We can't keep on doing the same old things and making bad choices. And then we got another generation that's coming up behind us. Come on now. And then we fuss at them for the same choices and bad mistakes we're making. 
There's two steps that are essential to building a strong foundation for a lifetime. You ready? Just two steps. First, you must gain knowledge. You must gain knowledge. Proverbs 10:14 says, wise people store up knowledge. You got to gain knowledge. The people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Knowledge does not come quickly, and knowledge is not cheap. You're going to have to work for knowledge. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth is not just for the pastors, it's for every Christian. Everybody in this church should be studying the word of God because you should be checking me to make sure I'm right. But how are you going to check me if you're not in the word? You got to gain knowledge. The second step is you must become skillful by applying what you have learned. Just because you have knowledge don't mean you know a thing because the knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. How do I know that? Well, the children of Israel knew about the land the first generation. They knew about the land filled with milk and honey, but did they get there? No. Just because you know something, it doesn't mean that you have applied it to your life. And the only way we can apply a principle to our lives, we got to go through a problem. How how are you going to know if the principle actually works if you don't apply your faith in a problem? You won't. No, we want the principle, and then we want the provision without having to go through the problem. <laughs> and people are just, they, they name it and claiming it. I, that, that's my promise. Well, just because you name it don't mean it's yours. No, no, no. You can name whatever you want to name. You can claim whatever you want to claim. If you don't under, understand the principle behind the promise, and if you're not applying the principle to that promise, you can name it all day long. It ain't yours. That's right. see, see, somebody say the gospel. See, see, that's what you're hearing right now is the gospel. See, this is not some little watered-down word, guys. You're going to have to work. We, got, we all got to go to work. Say, we all got to go to work. So you got to gain knowledge, and then you become skillful. How? By applying the knowledge that you have received. Um, I got a quote from this philosopher, Henry David Thoreau. He said, We now accept the fact that learning is a lifelong process of keeping abreast of change. And the most pressing task is to teach people how to learn. That, man, how many school teachers I got in here? Man, boy, I saw you shaking your head. I ain't lying. Like, Lord Jesus, boy, if that ain't true. Right there, right? Right? Teaching people. Man, that, that is. That's to teach people how to learn. That, 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 is, that is one of the pressing things for every pastor, is teaching the congregation how to learn. Because every pastor struggles with people who are babies in Christ. Every pastor. Right, maybe the pastor himself is a baby, I don't know. But I have to continue to study. I have to study. And listen, I have to study twice. Because I have to study for something to preach, but I also study for something to eat. Because, see, I don't study just to preach a word. I study to get a word for myself because I'm eating, too, right? Now, sometimes what I'm eating, he allows me to preach it, but a lot of times what I'm eating is not what I'm preaching. Why? Because a lot of times what I'm eating, you ain't ready for it yet. So I have to make it palpable. I have to take it down in bite-sized pieces so that you can chew it. All right, I, I know when you preach a word like this, it's, 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 it cuts against the grain. I know it. So the elementary doctrine mentioned in Hebrews, uh, it, it is for every believer, saints of God. And so we've done repentance of dead works. We've already done faith towards God. Amen? Now, the next fundamental doctrine is called the doctrine of baptisms. Notice that's plural. The doctrine of baptisms. Look at your word. Look at your word, Hebrews 6. You see that next doctrine? You notice baptisms has an S. So apparently, there's more than one. Amen? So the first thing you got to understand about baptisms, you got to ask yourself three questions when you're studying the Word of God. This is how I teach you how to learn, because I show you how I learn. You got to ask yourself, who's doing the baptizing? 
What's a believer being baptized into, and when should this take place? Any baptism, you need to ask yourself these three questions. Are you here with me this morning? So the first baptism is the baptism by the Spirit. Somebody say by the Spirit. The baptism by the Spirit. And here it is right here. Who is by the Holy Spirit? What into the body of Christ and when upon receiving Jesus as your Savior and Lord? So the first baptism is you being baptized as a Christian into the body of Christ. That, did you even, some of us didn't even know that was a baptism. But it is. And now I got to prove it by the scriptures, don't I? Yep. <laughs> uh, you best believe I will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, For by one spirit we were all what? Baptized into the body. Right there. By one spirit we were all baptized into the body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all become made to drink into one spirit. So now that you've been baptized into the body of Christ, now we got a drink of the spirit. That, that doesn't mean now I've arrived. Now you got a drink of the word of God. You got to get this word, eat the word, be the word, talk the word, sniff the word. You got to do whatever you can to get this word in you. You got to listen to it. You got to have somebody read it to you. I don't, I don't know. You might process differently. You might learn differently. Whatever way you learn, you got to get this Bible into your heart. Why? Because now that you've been baptized into the body, now you got to make sure you're in place for the body so the body can be healthy. Amen. Amen. We can't be a healthy body when we got people in church, but they're not serving. They're not doing what God has called them to do. How can we be healthy if you continue to sit on your gifts? Amen. We can't be saints of God. Nope. This is why you got to have uh, the, the right pastor. You got to have somebody that's confident in his own anointing so that you can continue to be blessed in your anointing. I, I'm not jealous of anybody's anointing. I know what God has called me to do. Right? I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a larger platform. I don't care how many people you preach to. You can preach to 10, 20,000 folks. I'll be your best cheerleader. That don't matter. I don't have to preach to 20,000 people. I, I don't. If, I, if that ever happens, praise the Lord. But that is not my ambition. My ambition is to get to one person. Just like I might be after one person in this room this morning. One person that can hear the gospel message and know, man, I got to change. I want to be baptized into this body, the body of Christ, not into church. This is the body of Christ, much bigger than just one church. Amen. This is all believers in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter what the name is out on the marquee. If you're baptized into the body of Christ, we're all one. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen, somebody. And stop talking about other folks. We're all family. We're all brothers and sisters. We're going to dress each other as such. Amen. Let me give you another scripture. You want another one? Yeah. Is this making sense at all? Yeah. Somebody say, come on now. Come on now. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Well, you're not going to have the spirit of Christ until you've been baptized into the body, right? And you can't get the spirit of Christ until you repent, right? You can come down here. You can come down here all day long and say, Jesus, come in my heart. He ain't coming in your wicked heart. You haven't repented of anything. It don't work that way, saints. You can say that all day long. But until you repent of your sins, you don't get baptized into the body of Christ. And, and now that you are a Christian, you have to continually repent of your sins because now you got to work out your salvation. That's why Apostle Paul said, I must die daily. He, he's talking about to the flesh, not in the flesh. Amen. Right? We all have to die to this flesh. Come on, somebody. If you think you've got a handle on your flesh, you are lying. You are lying to yourself. Nobody has a handle on this flesh. Apostle Paul said, in this flesh, there is no good thing. He said, when I want to do good, evil is present with me. Shoot, I want to do good, but every time I want to do good, my body wants to do bad. Every time I want to hug, I want to slap, you know, somebody. <laughs> Sometimes, praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, amen. amen. And so th this is why we got to understand this, saints of God. It's fundamental to all Christians to understand without repentance, you didn't get saved. You said a great little prayer, and this is why it didn't work. Well, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, that's why I be, I'm careful with people when they say they're a Christian. I, I have to qualify them. 
Because sometimes people equate going to church to being a Christian. Just because you go to church don't make you a Christian. Just because I stand in my garage don't make me a car. Amen, somebody. So in other words, you got to hear the word of God. You have to repent of it. You got to believe it and be baptized into the body of Christ. Is this making sense at all? This is why in John, no, I might have it on. I do have it. Praise the Lord. This is why in John 3, um, when um, Jesus was talking about a person being born again, he said this, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So you got to be born of the water and of the spirit so that you can enter into the kingdom of God. Now, now, now you got to ask yourself, but what is, what is the water? Well, in Ephesians 5, 26, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse it, talking about the church, with the washing of the water of the word. So we know now that the water is the word, right? right? So you got to have the word and the spirit. Why? Because if I don't preach the gospel to you, you don't get the word so you won't feel the spirit. Is this making sense at all? Amen. Somebody say fundamental. fundamental. Now, let me give you some more proof. Ephesians, I give you a lot of scriptures because that's what we should be preaching is the Bible. Right. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, in him you also trusted what? After you have heard. If you're not getting the word, how are you going to receive the spirit? After you have heard the word of what? Truth, not accommodations, not complacency. The word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also, listen, having believed. You're not going to believe until you get the word. Having believed, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. You see when the Holy Spirit came in? It came in after the word and after you believed. Somebody say fundamental. fundamental. This is fundamental, thanks to God. So the first baptism is us getting saved. We receive, we repent, we receive Jesus Christ, and we are baptized into the body of Christ. Hey, that's good. That's good stuff, ain't it? All right, y'all ready for number two? All right, let's look at number two. Baptism in water. We all knew that one, didn't we? But you know that's not the last one. <laughs> That's not the last one. This is just another one. This is baptism in the water. Now we got to answer the three questions. I'm talking fast because I want to finish this message. <laughs> Amen. Who is man? As a pastor in that little pit right there, I dunk you. Yeah, this is a dunker. This is a dunking pit. It heats up too, so the water's not too cold. I like it a little cold because. Make sure all them demons come out. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You can't take a joke. <laughs> Normally, I just leave you down a little longer. <laughs> then I bring you up, right? Now, I'm, I'm, see, y'all, no, I'm, not, I'm not serious. I'm not serious. Right? Come on now. <laughs> so if you get baptized, we, we don't have to go to the YMCA anymore, praise the Lord. We got our own way of doing that, but it's done by man, right? What is it? It's in water. It's an immersion. It's not sprinkling. Amen. If you got sprinkled, you didn't get baptized. Amen. Baptismo. Immersion. That means you go under, <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. And then when? After receiving Jesus. So ain't no reason in getting baptized in water if you haven't repented of your sins. See, this is why I have to come against those that have them automatic baptisms. You don't even know if those people saved or not. So you, what they're doing is coming up as a wet sinner. No, you, people got to repent of their sins and they have to be saved. You can't just, you just can't baptize folks just going on knowledge. You say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, let's dunk you. No, you dunk at a wet, wet sinner. Right? I'm here today, so I must be a Christian. Mm, you see how quiet I got in here? Maybe that was you that got baptized and you weren't saved. 
And you knew you weren't saved. But people, this don't happen until you have been baptized into the body. Amen? All right. Y'all want some more word? So, I mean, we can't do this without the word. Amen? So here's the word. Water baptism represents the death, which is repentance from dead works, faith in God, dying to your self-life, death. Somebody say death. death. Right? Burial, completely immersed or covered in water, and resurrection, raised to newness of life. Some, now, that's baptism. It is the death, the burial, and resurrection. What are you doing? You're modeling Jesus. Why? Because Jesus died. He was not seen because he was placed in a tomb. Right? But we know he got up out of the tomb with all resurrection power. And right now he's at the right hand of the Father ever making intercession for us according to the word of God. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, I thank you that you got up. I ain't lying. I, I, I'm excited that he died for me, but I'm more excited that he got up. Yeah. Amen? So that's baptism, death, burial, resurrection. It's, it's how you identify with him, that I am, I am married to this man. Therefore, I want to show publicly what I have done privately in my heart. So that's what the wedding is all about. The, the wedding is about showing off. Oh, come on now. Don't be looking at me like that. That's why they got 50 people in the wedding party, and it's all about showing off. Come on. The wedding is about other people. That's right. <laughs> you want to show, I, I want to show everybody I'm excited about this man. I'm excited about marrying this woman. That's good. For that moment. <laughs> because after the wedding, after the honeymoon, that's when the real rubber meets the road, and all those 20 bridesmaids and all that other stuff ain't going to mean nothing. <laughs> and now you got to sit down and communicate. <laughs> Sometimes in a Christian marriage, you're going to have to die. You're going to have to die to your selfishness, die to your attitudes, die to your arrogance. Come on, both. somebody said both of them. Both of them, you, both of you got to die. You got to be submitted one to another. Yeah. Amen. Amen? I don't care what somebody told you. They told you wrong that a woman need to be submitted to a man that's not submitted to Christ. Yeah. You better go read the Bible very carefully. The Bible said that man should be submitted to Christ and then the woman submitted to the man. If you got any of that out of order, then why should God bless it? No, that's why you got to have a real alpha male. Women. Oh. Women. I said, you got to have a real man. You got to have somebody that's going to cover you, protect you, somebody that's going to pray you through. You don't need no beta. You don't need some beta, somebody, some man you got to pump up. You know, don't, don't, no woman, my woman don't have to pump me up. Come on, Sam. Come on now. <laughs> Sam's got it. Sam said, look here. Sam said, I don't need Stephanie kicking me in the rear end saying I got to get up and go to work. Yeah, that's Sam's problem. That brought a lot of work, man. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? Come on, fellas. I don't, I don't need my wife pumping me up. You know, that role is reversed. No, I'm already pumped up. I'm already in love with Jesus. And because I have a relationship with him and I'm vulnerable to him, he teaches me how to treat her because she's vulnerable to me. And if I don't have a real relationship with him, then that means I'm not submitted to him. Then I don't know how to be vulnerable. Therefore, I take advantage of her because she's vulnerable to me. Now, somebody say that's Bible. And a lot of women want to be married, but you're not a wife yet. Boy, this thing just took a turn. Boy, I was going down to destination. That thing said, recalculate. <laughs> because we don't want to die. And you get married, you're dying. Yeah, single ladies, 
You're going to have to die. Single fellas, you're going to have to die to yourself. You can't come in there and you, you're trying to live to your old life. No, no, you die. You have become something that has never been created before. This is why people love for me and, me and Elaine to do their weddings because we teach in our weddings, right? Last wedding we did was with the more. Somebody said they want more and they got more, amen? So come on, baby, let's do an illustration. You, you good? Okay. <laughs> We've been trying to work it out, man. I ain't lying. When you get, get a little older, them old bones just don't. They hurt. They ain't lying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We be rubbing each other down. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so this is this is the world. Said behind every strong man, there's a strong woman. That's a lie. That is not God. Why? Because if somebody comes after her back, I don't have it. I can't protect her back because I'm out front. It's not God. Women, if you got to get behind a brother to push him, he's a beta. He's not an alpha. He's a beta. Okay. Feminism. Yeah, feminism says that a woman can do everything a man can do. That's a lie. You can't do everything a man can do. <laughs> and thank you, Jesus, that they can't do everything that a man can do. Hello, yeah, for other reasons. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know the church. Let me tell you what God says. God says, that the man is behind the woman because if anybody comes after her, I will cut you from left to right. I got her back, I got her side, and I got her front. Amen. The Bible says that the woman was a help meet, not a helpmate. She was not there just for sex. She was a meat. The word meat means something proper, suitable, and fit. And the only proper, suitable, and fit person for the man was a woe man. This is the proper perspective. Why? Where is the church in all of this? The church is here. I represent the king of kings. As the church, we announce the coming of our king. That's why women have more words. She announces me. She prophesies what's coming. You mess with my husband, boy, he's going to tear you hind parts up. And she knows it. I got her back. She don't have to worry about nothing. That's why y'all can't mess with her. You ever want to see me in the flesh? You mess with her. Yeah. yeah, right, Elsa. Elsa said, you got that right. Amen? Why? Because I protect her. I am her protector. Amen? Now, if you don't understand that this is the position in your marriage, you better get it changed quickly. Amen? This is why we like talking to singles, because we give them the proper perspective. Amen? Let's, let's teach a little bit more, Okay. So when you get married, right? Yeah. Yep. Right? Switch. You had to be over there. Now there's a reason. I'm teaching now. There's a reason for this. Y'all hear I know we'll get back on baptisms in a minute, but I felt like this is appropriate because a lot of people don't understand stuff. I got to teach you how to learn. When Elaine came down the aisle on that wonderful day back in 1995, on, it was a sunny day, 70 degrees. <laughs> the birds were chirping and the, and the trees were whistling. <laughs> on, 
<laughs> and my knees were cracking. Because <laughs> I, I was scared to death, boy. Oh, jeez, what in the world I'm getting ready to do? <laughs> I was so scared. I lot. I was scared. And so, so, yeah, to his right. You're supposed to be on his right. Oh, yeah, you was the right. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, I was turned wrong. My bad. You to his right. Okay. So, I was nervous. I was nervous, Sam. So, the man is on this side, right? In front of the church. Okay? The reason the daddy is to the right of Elaine, I mean, I'm sorry, she's to the right of Tim, is because everything to the right of you, you have authority over. You, you hear me here? This is why Jesus is at the... Right? Therefore, he put the sheep on the right side, and he put the goats. Because goats too busy are showing their tails. So coming down the aisle, Elaine comes down. You give this man a minute. I do. He sit down. Now, Elaine is square to my what? My left side. Because I don't have authority over her yet. Now, who's to the right of her? Her daddy. Why? Because he still has authority. Right? You go through the marriage ceremony, blah, blah, blah. We kiss. Mwah. We turn. Now, where is she? Why? Because authority has been switched. Now she's at my right side. When we turn, she died to Elaine Jordan. When I turn, I died to the old John Lofton, and we merge into something that has never been before. Mr. and Mrs. Fitzgerald Lofton. Amen. You both have to die. Did you know that you died at the marriage? You got to die to yourself. The problem is people don't die during the ceremony. Go, go ahead, baby. Let me. I better stop this because I don't know if they're ready. I don't know if they're ready for this or not. And, and, and you still live into your old self, and you bringing your old self into a new relationship. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You got to get baptized in the marriage. And sometimes it's baptized by fire. So, <laughs> tell you, we got a book we're going to have to write, Marriage Made in Heaven Going Through Hell. Uh, everybody seeing this with me? I just took the time to, to teach. Was that a good teaching? Come on and give him a praise. So, guys, there, there's certain things that we need to understand in the church, and this is why I teach this kind of stuff. Look at Matthew 3:11. Indeed, this is John the Baptist. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, right? Unto repentance. Why? Because you can't get baptized in water until after you repent, saints. Otherwise, you're coming up a wet sinner. But he who is coming after me, somebody say he's coming. There's something else coming because this was not the last baptism. If it was the last baptism, John didn't even have to say this right here. Right? He said, but there is one coming after me, mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Now, I did dot, 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 because I don't want to say the rest of the verse because I'm talking about water baptism. I'll finish this verse in the next topic. Right? Because it'll make more sense in the next topic when we get to it. But before we get to it, write this down in your notes. Now, I'm going to talk fast, so you got to listen fast. Acts chapter 3, verse 33, 38, and 41. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Then Peter said to them, Repent, somebody say repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then those who gladly receive his word were baptized, as in water, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. They repented, and they were baptized by water. Go to Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Write that down, because you don't have time to turn there. Acts 8, 12. But when they believed, somebody say they believed. 
When they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized into water. After what? They believed. Write this one down, Acts chapter 10, verse 47. This was after the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles, which proves you don't have to be baptized in water before you're filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the next one. Right? He said, can anyone forbid that those should not be baptized in water who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So in other words, saints of God, once you get saved after you repent of your sins, you can instantly be baptized in the Holy Ghost without being baptized in water. These people did. I just wanted to give you some Bible on it. So let's go to the next one, and then I'm going to wrap up. Baptism in or with the Spirit. Now, this is the one that a lot of churches preach out of because they don't believe in that we can be baptized in the Spirit, even though I'm getting ready to give you several references that proves otherwise. Can somebody say amen? amen. So now we've got to answer the three questions. Amen. So here are the three questions. Who does it? The Lord Jesus Christ does this one. Notice it's someone different every time. So the first one is the Holy Spirit. You baptize into the body. The second one is man. We baptize you with water. The third one, Jesus does this one. What is an immersion or, a, or you being filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, Spirit and Ghost, same thing, when after believing and sometimes asking? Because sometimes in the Bible, some people never ask for it because they lay hands on them and it failed. But sometimes you can ask for it and you receive it. Amen? I asked for it and I got it. But some people, they got saved, bam, and the Holy Ghost came on them right then and there. Amen. There's sometimes I've laid hands on people, they got it right then and there. Language came up right then and there. Sometimes your language comes a little bit later. But the evidence of it is you have a prayer language. You hear a sound. You hear something different than what you hear in English. That's the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. So, so this is the one that, this, let me just say it like this. I believe the reason of such weakness in the church is there's not enough teaching on this. Right? Because I'm not going to explain it away because it's a part of your inheritance. Right? It's nothing spooky about it. It's spooky if you stay carnal. And the devil can't give you the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's right. Because the devil would never give you anything to get you closer to God. So when somebody said that's of the devil, well, I, thank you. Because he finally gave me something that helps me get closer to my papa. And since he's a liar, he's not going to give you anything to get you closer to the papa. So we know this can only come from God. And a matter of fact, it comes from Jesus himself. Amen, somebody. Matthew 3.11. Now, let me give you the rest of the verse. You ready? Yes. So John is saying this, but I got to give you the rest of the verse because now he gets into the baptism in or with the Holy Ghost. He said, I indeed baptize you with what? Water. That's number two. Unto repentance. So you got to repent, be baptized in water. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you what? In the Holy Ghost and fire. Somebody shout power. power. See, that fire is the power of God. That's the authority of God. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, man, that's why you'll be a weak little wimpy Christian. Amen. Because if you read the book of Acts, those folks have some power. But they don't have more access to God than we do. We got the same access. And it's up to us to go get it. Your pastor can't give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. That is not my responsibility. It's yours. You got to go after it. I'm going after God. I'm telling you, I'm going after him for real. I got to have more of him. I want more of that fire on my life. And it ain't fire for preaching either. I got to have it in my life personally. I want to personally know I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. You're mine. Amen, somebody. Turn to Acts chapter 1. I want to read this with you here. Turn to your Bible, Acts chapter 1. Is this making sense at all? Yes. This is proper doctrine. Amen. This is how the church should be taught. 
in the word of God. We got to go through this stuff. I got to show you the scriptures that apply to this, guys. I just can't read a, a text to you and preach on it for 35 minutes, and that's all you get is just one little old weak text. No, you got to go through the Bible. The word of God is the only thing that's going to set you free. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 5 and 8. When you get there, say, I have it. I have it. Acts chapter 1, I'm going to go ahead and turn there myself. Verse 5 says, for John truly baptized you with water. Now, what does that do? That confirms what John said in Matthew, doesn't it? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, what? Every word shall be established. So here, this is Jesus talking. Because in my Bible, it's read. This is after the resurrection. Amen. This is the book of Acts, the Acts of the Acts of the Apostles. So this is after the resurrection. This is after he already rose again, right? So now he's back in his resurrected form, and he says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now, which means they didn't have it yet. Look at verse 8. But you shall receive power. Somebody shout power. power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses. It didn't say you shall go witness. He said, and you shall be witnesses. It's the word martos in Greek where we get the English word martyr. He said, I'm giving you power to die to yourself. No, people think I get power to go witness. No, he ain't giving you power to go witness to nobody. No, he's giving you power to die because if you're not willing to die to your flesh, you won't be a good witness. Am I talking to the right church? Power is meant to enable us in what we function in. Go to Joel 2.28. And I'm done. I'm wrapping this up with these last few scriptures. The book of Joel 2.28. Joel, J-O-E-L. I'm going to read it while you're going there. Some people say Joel. And if you want to do it properly, you say Yoel. 2.28 says this, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. When does this happen, guys? When does this happen? Just shout it out. When does it happen? When did, did this happen? Okay, go to Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2. All right, you're going to learn your Bible today. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly, suddenly. there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then, they, uh, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Didn't John just say that the one's coming that will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire? Here's the fire. They were in one accord, praising God, and the fire fell. This is why the church needs to be in unity. We have to be in one accord going after God. We, just, we can't have a core group of 30 people going after God and then the rest of the folks just chilling. No, we all got to be going after God hard, right? When they did it, man, something fell on them. Verse 4 says, and they were all filled. Somebody said they were filled. With the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues. That's the byproduct. As the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what Joel was talking about. When he said, I will pour out my, my spirit upon all flesh. You got that? Okay, go to Luke chapter 1. You got you to move fast because I'm talking fast. I want to wrap this up. That's why you got to bring your Bible to church. Luke chapter 1, verse 13. Now, this is talking about Zacharias and John the Baptist. He says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. This is John the Baptist. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, 
For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. See, this is God doing this. He filled that brother even before he was born. Only God can do that part. Amen? So he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Go to Luke 4 and 1. Just turn, 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 turn right. Luke 4 and 1. And then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, so why shouldn't we be? Are you seeing this with me? Drop down to verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So when Jesus came out of the wilderness, he didn't come out of the wilderness dejected and, and just despondent. He didn't come out of the wilderness with his head hang, hanging low. The Bible said he came out in power. You're not supposed to go through something, and then all of a sudden, you just look like you've just been beat up. No, you're supposed to come out with power. Oh, no, 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 no. No, cancer has a problem with me now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I came out with power. Now that I've defeated it, now I can address it. All right, y'all want some more of this Bible? Go to Luke 24, 29. Yeah, 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 yeah. Luke 24, 49. Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> he said, behold. <laughs> 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. Come on, somebody. That word power is the word dunamis. Where we get the English word dynamite. Somebody said, boy, he's filling me with some dynamite. See, the Holy Ghost is supposed to empower us, saints of God. We're not supposed to be some little weak Christian. We're supposed to be filled with power. I don't know if y'all want that or not. Because when you're full of his power, he legislates your lifestyle. Go to Acts chapter 239. Uh, I hope y'all like the Bible because that's what you get. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. For the promise, check this out now. Listen to this, saints. Listen to this for those who believe that the Holy Ghost was just for the apostles back then. Verse 39 says, for the promise is to you and your children. Come on now. If it was just for them, why would the promise be to us and our children? The promise of the Father, we just talked about that in the book of Luke, right? You seeing how everything ties in together? Because the scripture will confirm itself. He said, for the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off. It don't matter, saints of God, if you come to Jesus Christ repenting of your sins, it's for you too. This is not just for the original apostles. It is not just for the preachers. It's for everybody that was afar off and came to Jesus Christ. You can receive power. This is for all of us, saints of God. I hope y'all getting this with me. Good gracious. Go to Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what word have you done this? So in other words, this is Peter. They were addressing Peter because Peter was healing people. And they was like, wait a minute, what power and what word? You can't be doing this, Peter. Right? I'm going to paraphrase. So they locked Peter up. Why? They said, you can, you, we're going to let you go. However, you can't preach in that name anymore. That's what they told Peter. We're going to let you go, but don't you dare preach in that name anymore. And what did Peter do? He went out and started preaching in that name. Why? Because there's no other name given among men by which we can be saved. You can call on Buddha, but you won't get saved. You can call on Elijah Muhammad, but you won't get saved. You can call on uh, Siddhartha Gautama, but you won't get saved. You can call on Joseph Smith, but you won't get saved. You can call on the Dalai Lama, but you're not going to get saved. But there's one name, the name of Jesus, by which men can be saved. And that's the name above every name. Amen? Y'all want some more of this book? I'm telling you, man, when you feed on the word like this, man, this thing gets down up in your spirit. Look at verse 31. 4, 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost 
and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So being filled with the Holy Ghost not only allows you to, to speak with a heavenly language, but it also allows you to speak boldly in your native language. Amen. Somebody say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Say, someone lift your hand. Lift your hand and say, Lord, fill me with your fire. Lord, fill me with your fire. Go to Acts chapter 7, verse 54. Since y'all hungry for it, I'm going to give you some more. See, see, this is meat eaters. This is for meat eaters right here. Right? This is for meat eaters. Look at 54. 754, the Bible says, and when they heard these things, they were cut to their heart because Stephen was preaching the word of God. They didn't like Stephen preaching the word because it was convicting them. So check this out. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Check what they did. Check this out. Verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears. They, they had to stop their ears because they couldn't stand hearing the truth. This is what people are doing today. They're stopping their ears because, oh, pastor, that's too hard. Oh, pastor, that means I got to change. Oh, pastor. They had to stop their ears to kill Stephen because they didn't want to hear the truth. And this is why pastors who preach the truth, we get prosecuted more. We get persecuted more. Oh, that pastor's unloving. No, actually, I love you more than those that give you that candy, that candy word. Because once you die, there is no coming back. And when you're on the wrong side, that's where you're going to stay. No, I'm trying to preach you out of hell, not preach you into it. Amen, somebody. Amen. Acts chapter 9. Man, I love it. Y'all love the word. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, him being Paul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road. As you came, as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something, saints of God. The Holy Ghost is for us. Don't let anybody talk you out of being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll, I'll, I'll send all the rest of these scriptures to, to, to the church. I have about four or five more, but I'm going to stop right there. This is a fundamental doctrine that we all need to understand. We get baptized into the body of Christ. That's the first baptism. Now, I just named water as number two, but it don't have to be number two. It can actually be baptized in the Holy Ghost as number two, as we saw by the word of God. I wasn't just telling you what I thought. I showed you by the Bible. Amen. Amen. So that's being immersed into the water. Let me just put it up there so you can see it better. And then the last one is baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Saints. This is not a Pentecostal thing. It's for everybody who was afar off. And I don't know about you, but I was way off from God. Amen. And I'm telling you right now, all of this is for you. But I can't want it for you. I would love that you would desire it. Come on, Pam, bring that on up. I would love for you to desire that, but I can't make you get it. Amen. Now, some of you, you've already asked him for it. He's already given it to you. And it, now it's just a matter of exercising your faith. That's all it is. You already have it. You asked him. He said, I'm not going to give you a scorpion or a stone. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he knows how to give good gifts to his children. Amen. And you can find that over in Luke chapter 11. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.